It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder season is right around the corner, and it's time to grade your takes on this upcoming Thunder year. How good can they be? How many all-stars will they have? You answered those questions. We're going to see how realistic you were on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by FanDuel. We're going to grade your takes on our spicy pepper scale. Can the Thunder win multiple awards this season get multiple all-stars this season. How many wins are they going to get? You gave me your takes, and I'm going to answer them. On a scale of one to five, how spicy they are and how likely they are to come true. Today's show, of course, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So on today's show, we're going to start with the Thunder and FIBA and everything that goes with it. So today, on Friday morning, the FIBA World Cup is beginning. So use this podcast to get you to work. After work, check back for this podcast that will recap the games that happened this morning. Uh, It'll be Australia, it'll be uh, Latvia, it'll be Canada, all playing this morning. So a lot of Thunder stuff to dive into. SGA and Lou Dort taking on France is going to be the highlight of this slate of games on Friday. Uh, Right now, Canada is the second favorites to win uh, FIBA entirely. For Australia, still a ton to dive into Thunderwise. Obviously, Josh Giddy and the growth that he can show and him running a show of his own in, in kind of high-pressurized must-win games is going to be uh, you know fun to follow. But Jack White should also get a lot of run with Team Australia, with the Boomers, because of the injury to Jock Landell. So he'll be getting opportunity. It'll be interesting to see how he tracks along there as a guy who's on the roster bubble, as a guy who's going to have to prove a lot this offseason and into training camp to stick around in Oklahoma City. Watching Jack White will be fun uh, to follow. Now, NBA players, and even Shea, you know, last year, uh, whenever he played for the qualifying uh, tournament of of the FIBA World Cup, uh, talk about a lot how important FIBA is to improving their skill set, to letting them develop and grow. And so with a ton of NBA players playing in this, and of course a ton of Thunder representation in this, it's going to be a a must-watch event. Obviously the games are going to come out extremely early, but the good news is now that we're past exhibition play uh, here in the States, 
um, these these games will be on ESPN Plus. So you can either wake up early like I will and watch them live, or you can uh, watch replays of them, of course, on ESPN Plus on demand. So you're going to be able to see all these players play uh, that are on the Thunder and, of course, just whatever other games you're interested in, the People World Cup in general, on ESPN Plus. So ESPN Plus will be huge for this event uh, because it was it was hard to follow exhibition play. You had to search for streams and search for uh, you know opportunity to watch. Now it's going to be all streamlined right to you via ESPN+. Plus. Uh, but I believe Team USA will still play on FS1 if you're in the States and you want to watch Team USA. Nonetheless, this is going to be awesome. We're going to recap it all uh, on Friday's show. Uh, we'll recap the first game, and then they'll, they'll each play on Sunday again. So we'll recap those games on Monday. And also on Monday, we're going to have your mailbag questions as well as always. So drop your mailbag questions down below in the comments on YouTube. Also on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. This is going to be a very fun week as we have actual, you know, meaningful basketball. These games have stakes attached to them. These games matter to these players who have committed to play for their country. They're going to want to win them. And so we get to see them play uh, some important games. Now let's get into grading your takes. So we've done this before. Uh, it's, it's usually an off season staple of the show. And so if you like this format, we can continue to do it. Uh, all throughout the season, but of course, leading up until uh, media day and training camp next month. But what this is, is just a fun little opportunity for you to express how you feel about the Thunder or the NBA or life in general and uh, give your take. And I will grade it on a scale of one to five using peppers to grade your takes one to five. So to give you a quick rundown of how this goes. First up at Sono Faru Ade. Almost every team will fail to win a championship this year. That's a one on the pepper scale. Pretty obvious, right? You're going to have an in-season champion winner. You're going to have an East and West winner and an NBA Finals winner. At most, that's four teams that win a championship uh, if they're all different teams in all those categories. Obviously, whoever wins the East and West, one of them will win the Finals. So at most, it's really three. Quick math there. That's a one. That's a one. Now, Sublime, on the other hand, a great Thunder artist on Twitter. This verdict, this take, gets a much higher number. Jalen Williams will be an all-star this year, but so will Chet Holmgren. And I assume Sublime also will factor in SGA as an all-star, which would mean that the Thunder would have three all-stars this season. One, two, three all-stars this season. That is an absolute five on the one to five pepper scale. And that's not to discredit any of the trio of players, but it is incredibly hard for any team to get three all-stars. And so when you're looking at this, you know, on one hand, not only do the players have to be producing at that all-star level, but the Thunder have to be pacing for one of the top seeds in the West by the time that all-star voting opens and closes. So, you know, by Christmas, all the way through the end of January, early February, they have to be you know, a, a, a top contending seed in the Western Conference to, to, to warrant three all-stars. And so having that mixture of things happen has to be a five on the pepper scale, even though individually they all have all-star level talent. It's the 
complete and totality of this take that make it hard to see. Leveling off back down the scale, though, is at MK325491. Mark Dignall will win Coach of the Year. This take is a, is a two-peppers take to me. He's got a great shot to win the NBA Coach of the Year. And in fact, the only way I see him not winning it would be if there's some new darling story. Some just off the top of my head would be like if Ime uh, takes the Rockets to the play-in or the playoffs even. Um, if he somehow gets that team to make that massive leap, he'd probably win coach of the year, obviously. If Nick Nurse weathers the storm in Philadelphia with all this James Harden stuff and, he, and, 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 the, and the Sixers are still a one or two seed, I think that they'd give it to Nick Nurse. And so if everything goes sort of status quo, I think that this is Mark's award to sort of lose because this award uh, is a regular season award, but it's also up against your expectation level. And so that's how you see, you know, Mark was runner-up last year. I mean, the, the team won 40 games. They're still below 500, but he was still the runner-up of the Coach of the Year award and would have won it had Sacramento not snapped a uh, embarrassingly long, two-decade-long playoff drought. If the Kings simply missed the playoffs, then Mark is already a Coach of the Year award winner. Billy Donovan, whenever the expectations were that you have a 0.2% chance to make the playoffs and then you take the Thunder to a five-seed in the bubble, Billy Donovan you know, what was getting coach of the year votes. And of course he won a version of coach of the year. Nonetheless, doesn't matter. Um, so that's kind of where this is not as hot of a take as it might seem on the surface, because even right now, as expectations rise and anticipation mounts around breakdown in Oklahoma city, the, the national expectation while acknowledging the thunder are a good team projections came out today from ESPN that OKC is projected at 45 wins and a seven seed. Uh, and so, if this team does leap into a top six seed this year, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, especially then it'll be Mark's award. If they even, you know, just survive and get to the play and, 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 be, and hit that 45 win mark, I think that still would be enough for Mark to win coach of the year, barring something just unforeseen happening. Uh, so I, I would give this a two because you, you can't lock it and he's not for sure going to win coach of the year. Uh, just as the other one was like a for sure slam dunk. Only a few teams can win a championship this year. Uh, but he's got a really good chance to. So I don't think that this is a hot take. I think that this is pretty accurate uh, for, for, for what will happen. So now you get the gist of how to play. We'll continue to play the game coming up. But first, I'm going to tell you right now, my good friends over at FanDuel, FanDuel.com slash locked on is where you should go to get started today. Folks, this is probably my favorite offer of all time across any platform ever because it's so fun to follow and fun to, to, to utilize, but also... It is so advantageous for you. What you do is you go to fanduelcom slash lockdown and you bet on who will be the Super Bowl winner. We know the NFL season's here. Bet on who you think will win the Super Bowl. If you think a team will win the Super Bowl, they're also going to win a lot of games in the regular season. And for each regular season win, you're going to get bonus bets back. So not only do you have a chance to win at the very end of the season, if you do pick the Super Bowl winner correctly right now, but you win along the way also in the regular season for bonus bets, which you can also use you know, uh, on spread picks and player props and over-unders and more. So it's, it's just a great thing for you to win in the present and, on, and in the future. So it's like a double dip sort of thing here at Fando.com slash LockedOn. Fando.com slash LockedOn today. Go check it out today and pick who you think will win the Super Bowl and make it Kansas City because they're going to win it again. This is Jake from LockedOn. 
Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Roland Stiles, host of Lockdown Thunder. For sure, we're going to dive into all of your takes but subscribe on all podcasting platforms, leave a review, uh, and, and also follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. You can leave a review there as well. Uh, let me know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, how we can improve, because this is going to be one of the best seasons, uh, of Thunder basketball in terms of like entertainment in terms of like just following it along in anticipation and also the best season of Thunder basketball since we've taken over this podcast. So we're going to make it the best we can continuing on grading your takes at S S N underscore doubles. The Thunder will win 50 games this season. I'm going to give this a 3.7 on the pepper scale. 50 games is incredibly hard, like insanely hard, actually, especially in this tough Western Conference. The only reason it's not a full-blown five or even notching the four on the pepper's dial is because there are some reasons to believe that this could theoretically happen. Last year, the Thunder were a top-10 defense leading up until Kenny Hustle getting hurt You know, at the beginning of March. Uh, they already have a superstar player, but they got better. They, they add Chet Holmgren, who will make this team uh, a solidified top-10 defense, could even rival top five, which we're going to get into later on. You're going to have your superstar player in SGA. You're going to have Josh Giddy and J-Dub, who looked improved this summer uh, from all of their videos of, of them progressing. Uh, you're going to have a young team that cares about regular season games. And I, I just cannot guarantee you other teams care about the regular season. So with an improving offense, with a top defense, with a team that will want to win every single night and not load manage and not uh, take days off, this can compile a lot of regular season wins for the Thunder this year. And, and they can be a team uh, that sort of uh, surprises some people uh, with, with how they do it. Now, again, it's still going to be a 3.7, nearly a, um, you know, nearly a four, but it's just not impossible because of all those things. But I, I would still say it is, it is less likely to come true than it is likely to come true at triple at triple double NBA and at NSGA. We trust they both said the same take. The take is that the thunder will finish with a top five defense in the NBA. So if this was finishing the top 10, as Trevor Bryant said, it's a one pepper. I, I think for sure this team will be a top 10 defense. I, I just, short of injuries, which we can't project and we can't even guess if they will or won't happen. Short of injuries, 
I don't see a world where this team is not a top 10 defense in the NBA. So I'd give it a one. Now, top five, it's hard, but it's really doable when you factor in what Chet does and how Chet fits into the identity of this defense, uh, of what Mark has cultivated his entire tenure in Oklahoma City. So I'm only going to give it a three. It's it's bold. Top five is, is very uh, great for this team, but they've improved every year defensively. Mark has never had a bad defensive team, even during the dark years of his uh, the beginning of his of his tenure. Uh, and the the players that they've added, Kaysen and 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 Chet, and the guys that they've added, they fit the identity of what the Thunder like to do. And last year's team played the majority of the season as a top ten defense. They're going to get Kenny Hustle back. They're going to get Chet Holmgren, who who will hide and disguise their deficiencies from last year uh, better than what they did last year. So I would only give it a three, but again, top five is hard. And, you know, technically they could just like finish sixth by a negligible margin, but still, uh, I I really believe that they could do this at. So dreamer, the thunder will end up a top five seed in the Western conference. I've got to give this one a four just because of how tough the West is, but it's not outlandish. Like I understand the vision. I understand where you're coming from with this opinion. So I, I, I can't crucify this opinion and call it just like silly, but it is really tough. And I, and, and I think that there's a world where as much as we, as much as we anticipate such a big um, leap from the thunder and we anticipate such a successful season and we want to see this team come together and be all in and, 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 and kind of mirror the jump they took last year. That's incredibly hard. Like a five win improvement would be awesome. Like a five win improvement to get to 45 wins would be spectacular for this Thunder team. I think that the Thunder team is still not in the area where their win total determines their success. Now, with that being said, the Thunder should make the play-in at the very minimum. At the bare minimum, they should make the play-in for a lot of different reasons. Number one, they're a good team. Number two, uh, just as you saw last season, when push comes to shove at the very end of the year, there is zero incentive for the Thunder to shut it down, and I promise you, There'll be incentive for at least one or two Western Conference teams to shut it down when the dust settles. What I mean by that is you look at the Dallas thing last year. Dallas shut it down the last couple of games. Thunder capitalized on it. They, they took care of business and they got to the play-in. Uh, the Thunder won't be doing that. So like, they should for sure get to the play-in. But I still don't think that if they don't hit a certain number or a certain seed, that it's automatically a bad season for OKC. I think that they're, that, that, that this team will be able to, to show significant improvement even if the jump in wins is only two, three, four, five games, it doesn't have to be this monumental leap to 50 wins or to 55 wins or to you know 49 wins or 48 wins. Like it doesn't have to be some 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 massive leap to show improvement and, and make sure that you're still on the right track. So I'll give it a four because it's a tough Western Conference. But again, I could see the path to them doing it. So I'm only going to give it a four and not a five or anything higher than a four. So so dreamer, I like where your head's at. I hope that it happens, but. Um, it's, it's a very tough to do in the West at me underscore Juris Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, of course, is better than Paula Ben This is going to shock some people based on the rating, but I would encourage you to hear me out before, uh, we get up in arms about this. I'm going to give it a 2.8 and that's not to discredit Paula Ben or to even rank the two players. 
I think it's closer than a lot of national people believe it is. I think that secondarily, they're both in the right scenario for their skill set. They are both in the place they need to be. And so if you were to swap them on different teams and, and, and different roles, each of them look a lot different for better or worse. Some things will get better for each of them. Some things will get worse for each of them. So at that point, if we can agree that they're both in the, in, in the right environment for them, then it gets extremely hard to, to separate who is technically the better player, who is technically, um, you know, the, 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 the player that, that would go ahead of one another uh, in a ranking of any sort. I'll say that last year, J-Dub contributed a lot more to winning, but part of that was a product of, uh, of his team. Now, I think that J-Dub would contribute to winning on any team that was actively trying to win. Um, and Paolo was put in a much different scenario where he was asked to lead a team versus J-Dub, who was asked to, at certain points of the season, be the second best player. There were certain games where he was asked to lead a team due to injuries and anything else. But in general, he was asked to be the second or third best player on the team, which is still impressive for a rookie, don't get me wrong, but it's it's different than being the guy. Um, I, I think that J-Dub, though, had, had more sustained success last year throughout the season, which again was easier to do uh, as a lesser option. But nonetheless, I think it's hard to compare the two players because of their environments and in their and, and how different their roles are. Uh, but just as a pure, you know, pound for pound player, I think what Jada brings to the table fits the Thunder very well. I think what Ben Carroll brings to the table fits what the Magic need very well. So I think I just it's hard for me to 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 to, to separate the hairs here. So I'll give it a 2.8. Um, because I don't think it's it's crazy to say that you'd rather have Jada than Ben Caro for this Thunder team, but uh, it's just it's just too hard to decipher. Now coming up, we have another five on the Pepper scale, another five, a, a blatant five, arguably should be higher than a five, and we'll see if you agree. Coming up. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Folks, subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. And we're talking about your takes, grading your opinions, and, and if they are realistic or not. This one from my man at BrettHD3. J-Dub will win most improved player and Usman Jang will break out to become the second best scoring option off the bench. This is a five pepper take a second year guy winning MIP is going to be hard. Uh, again, it's narrative driven. It's storyline driven. And, and some, and, and some voters are against the idea of a second year guy winning most improved because you're still in that area of your year where you're, where you, over your career, where you're supposed to be improved. You're supposed to be, better than you were as a rookie. So that'll be tough. Um, right there notches you up the, the pepper scale. Usman Jang being the second best scorer off the bench 
without the context of what you mean, when I see this opinion, what I'm envisioning is he's actually a top five score on the Thunder. So obviously Shea's the best score. Then you're going to have Chet and J-Dub uh, be, be elite scoring options for the Thunder by by osmosis, by, by a product of what they pl- how they play off of Shea. Then you're going to have Josh Giddy, who got better and better at scoring as the season went on. If he's your best scorer off the bench or one of your two best scorers off the bench, I think he's better than Lou Dort scoring. If, if this were to come true, he'd be better than Lou Dort at scoring. And then, you know, pick your poison of, of who the second guy you want to couple with him off the bench is. That's a, that's a, that's a huge jump for Usman Jang, which is a five to have both these things come true at the same time. So we're not only grading them individually, we're grading them as like a tandem of like these both are going to happen. And to have that all line up would be a five in my opinion. At Isaiah HLS underscore, J-Dub makes all-star before Josh Giddy. It's a three because it can truly go either way. We have to remember that Josh Giddy has an entire country behind him and, and a very intelligent basketball country. Like the Australian fans in the comments and on Twitter and everything understand the game of basketball extremely well. And so whenever it is that Josh Giddy plays in an all-star level of production, that's whenever they're going to show their support and vote for him. And, and, and you're going to see this huge uprise of, of, of votes for him. And we've seen other players capitalize on having a country behind them once they, they get to that all-star level of production. And in some cases like Zaza Pachulia, even before they get to that level of production that they never get to. But nonetheless, for Josh Giddy, that is going to be a feather in his cap in terms of specifically all-star, which is uh, you know influenced by fan voting. But also on his own merit, he could be an all-star before J-Dub. By the same token, it could go the other way too. So it's truly a three. I, I, I don't mind this take. I don't hate this take. I don't love this take. It's just, okay. I mean, we'll see. We'll have to let it un- unfold. Um, I, I would say that um, if I had to pick one to be the all-star before the other, I would probably go J-Dub, but it, it's, I would change that opinion by the hour as I think about this question. At Beeson1228, J-Dub becomes a 50-40-80 guy next season. So for context, his rookie season, Jada turned in 52%, 40%, and 81%. Uh, so, uh, I'm sorry. So uh, he, he's somewhat he's somewhat on the right track. This is, I actually wrote the wrong number down for uh, Jalen Williams' three-point percentage. Uh, it was actually 35%. I just copied uh, the exact uh, formula that, uh, that Beeson gave us. But his actual splits were 82%. 35%, 81%. So what he'd have to do is improve his, his three-point percentage by 5% and then maintain everything else. Now, you're betting on a few different things. I'm going to put it at a 4.5 pepper scale for a few different reasons. Let's listen out right now. It is hard as heck to do this. It, it, the reason you get to 4.5 is not because it's crazy or silly. It's just because it's so hard to do this. I could see a world where the free throw, where the field goal percentage dips a tiny bit to uh, account for some more aggressive play from J-Dub. But even dipping a tiny bit could still get him at 50. So that's not the big red flag to me. Because he's going from 52, dipping a tiny bit could be from 52 to 50. That's not the red flag to me. With the free throw rate going up, I think that j is a tremendous cutter. And with the style of play the Thunder are going to play with Chet and, and the spacing and SGA driving and everything else, I think that the free throw rate can go up for J-Dub in terms of his attempts. 
You can get more attempts as a cutter, as guys rotate late over to him, because you can't necessarily help a ton against the Thunder starting unit. Uh, with that going up, does he sustain his free throw success of 81%? It was a good number from free throw land, but he only shot there two and a half times a game last year. So where is that level as you see more and more free throws? But the biggest thing, of course, is the three-point shooting. A 5% increase this year would be spectacular, especially whenever you consider it's not as though you can just do a reduction of three-point shooting and get there. Like He he only shot 2.7 uh, attempts per game last year from beyond the arc and shot 35%. He shot good attempts. Uh, he, he, he made a lot of timely threes, obviously, and 35% as a rookie is really good. Uh, but, but there's no way to fudge this, so to say. It's not as though he took eight attempts and shot 35%. And then you say, well, now this year with Chet's addition and w- w- with the roster getting better, he can reduce those attempts to down to four and, 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 and be more selective and thus shoot better. So he's going to have to make a, a massive leap from three-point land. So that's really all you're betting on here is a massive leap from three-point land. The other stuff, you know, we've explained it, but, you know, it, it, it could kind of just stay the same. The massive leap from three is why this is a 4.5 because it's just going to be very hard to do for anybody uh, to go f- plus five in the percentage category uh, in one offseason. I am Kev Bott, or I am Kev Kev Bott. Orlando is the best fit for a Damian Lillard trade, but Dame does not realize it. I would say it's a four only because the business of basketball, Orlando would have to overpay. Even if Dame, you know, wanted to go there or, or didn't care or didn't, it didn't matter. Orlando would have to overpay a little bit. So how much are they overpaying to get Dame? What's the, what's the tax for going to a small market? If this were to ever come to fruition, however, it'd still be a great spot for him sticking on Orlando. The question from at MK three, Two nine four one. Orlando will make the playoffs. So playoffs outright. Playoffs. I'm gonna go four point five to make the outright playoffs. To make the play in, I'm gonna go with the two. I think that they can absolutely and and probably should honestly make the play in the East. But a four point five for just outright top six seed in the East. I know the East is 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 worse than the West. But that's, that, that, that is quite the jump. And then let's finish it off with Daniel Bell. Daniel Bell, my good friend, Daniel Bell. There's not a Thunder media member that can take me on and beat me on the court or any team media. So with Thunder media, it might be true. I'll, I'll give Daniel that. It might be true. You know, Because Daniel can actually ball. Like he's, he's good. Can he stop Brandon in a one-on-one three-point matchup for a guy who typically sags off defensively. Brandon's one of the best shooters I've ever seen. He's one of the best shooters I've ever seen, period. I don't know if he can do that. Can you keep up with Michael's motor? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Is Nick Crane just absolutely him? Probably. But I mean, I'll, let's say you do beat everybody in the, in the Thunder Media because you know those are really your only competition in Thunder Media. So you could realistically beat all those guys. The entire NBA... And, and, and I've asked Daniel this and debated Daniel with this multiple times. He's including like former NBA players like Michael Cage. He believes he could beat the snot out of Michael Cage on the basketball court. And, and I believe that he's used the term that Michael Cage would be barbecue chicken before, which is just insane to me for, for, for Daniel to say about a guy who still plays basketball to this day, like multiple times a week. 
And also, I'm not so certain that Daniel could even beat Adam Francisco, who is a Lone Star Conference legend, much like myself. Lone Star Conference broadcast of the year. No big deal. No big deal. But this is just insane. It's a 4.85. Because even if I grant you that you get through the entire Thunder media, which you know could happen, every other me- team of media, including the former NBA players like Brian Scalabrini, I think that Vince Carter does some work for the for the for the, uh, the Hawks. I mean, come on, come on. I think that Jr. could give you buckets, Daniel. I think if we got Jr. out there from Thunder PR, he would absolutely give you buckets. I mean, I mean, this guy was ranked ahead of Clay Thompson in middle school, whatever that story was. Uh, slow down a little bit. Slow down. If you if you limited this to just Thunder Media, I could give you a pass if you if you just meant Thunder Media. Now. You expand this like like Paris should give you a bucket and, and she'd dominate you. And Nancy, dominate you. Cage, dominate you. But if if we take it as just Thunder Media, you only have a few guys that, that are even going to be competitive with you, and that'd be Brandon, Michael, Nick, and you could realistically beat them. I wouldn't say it's for sure, but you could realistically beat them. We we are getting way too crazy here. He also mentioned that he could beat Shaq. Shaq. I don't care. When the last time it was that Shaq played basketball, Shaq is going to beat Daniel Bell. But that's why we love him, because of his confidence. And, and, and he could spread that confidence and has spread that confidence to a lot of other people. It makes everyone better. So, to Daniel, to everyone else, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.